Our scripture lesson this morning is found in the book of Isaiah, chapter 54, and we'll be reading the first five verses. Isaiah 54, verses 1 to 5. Sing, O barren one who did not bear. Break forth into singing and cry aloud, you who have not been in labor. For the children of the desolate will be more than the children of her who is married, says the Lord. Enlarge the place of your tent and let the curtains of your habitations be stretched out. Do not hold back. Lengthen your cords and strengthen your stakes. For you will spread abroad to the right and to the left and your offspring will possess the nations and people and will people the desolate cities fear not for you will not be ashamed be not confounded for you will not be disgraced for you will forget the shame of your youth and the reproach of your widowhood you will remember no more for your maker is your husband the Lord of hosts is his name, and the Holy One of Israel is your Redeemer. The God of the whole earth he is called. May the Lord add his blessing to this reading of his word. I'm going to tell you a story in a faraway land a long time ago. It starts in the town of Bethlehem. Now Bethlehem means uh, house of bread or house of food. But the story starts when there was no food. And so this family, uh, Elimelech and his uh, wife Naomi, decide that they're going to have to go someplace else to get uh, food for their family. And they go to the land of Moab, just across the Jordan River to the east. And there, Elimelech dies. Naomi has two sons, Malan and Kilian. And uh, while they're there, they, they marry two young Moabite uh, women. But within 10 years, both of the sons die. And now Naomi is left with two daughters-in-law and no way to earn a living. But she hears that there's now food in Bethlehem, the house of food. So she decides to go back home. And her two daughters-in-law start out with her. But uh, before they get very far at all. She stops and talks to the two daughters. Uh, one's name is Orpah, the other's name is Ruth. <clears throat> and she says, uh, daughters, why are you coming with me? Uh, I have no more children for you to marry, for that was the custom in those days. And even if I got married today, by the time my uh, sons grew up, would you wait to marry them? So go back to your own families, and there uh, may your God take care of you. Um, 
Orpah obeys her mother-in-law, and she goes back to her family and back to her gods. But Ruth uh, says, no, no, I don't want to do that. In fact, uh, in uh, Ruth chapter 1, verse uh, 15, uh, when Naomi says, see, your sister-in-law has gone back to her people and to her gods. Return after your sister-in-law. But Ruth says, do not urge me to leave you or to return from following you. For where you go, I will go. Where you lodge, I will lodge. Your people shall be my people. Your God, my God. Where you die, I will die. And there I will be buried. May the Lord do so to me and more. If uh, anything but death parts me from you. One of the best speeches in the whole Bible. <laughs> and so Naomi sees Ruth is not going to, she's not going to go back. She's going to a place she's never been before, to people that she's never met before. And she's throwing in her future with her mother-in-law. She's committed to her, her family. So they go back, and Elimelech had some property, so Naomi goes back to that. But they really don't have any way to earn a living. The time that they get back is the time of the barley harvest. So uh, one morning, Ruth gets up, and she goes over to her mother-in-law, and she says, let me go out to the fields, and let me uh, walk after the the people that are cutting the barley, and let me glean whatever's left over from what they take. And Naomi says, go, my daughter. So she goes out, and it just so happens, says the book of Ruth, that she goes to the field of a man named Boaz. And she has permission to glean after they've gone through the field gleaning, and she follows him and picks up the, spare, uh, the, the scattered grain that happens to be left over. <clears throat> well, Boaz comes out to his field about uh, midday or so, a little after. And uh, he sees a strange girl out there. So he asks, his, uh, he asks uh, the chief of his laborers, uh, who is that? Who is that over there? And he says, well, that's the Moabitess Ruth. And uh, she's been working all morning, and uh, she's been uh, gleaning after, after our uh, harvesters. So Boaz goes over to her and says, my daughter, uh, welcome to keep gleaning. Uh, you glean after my, uh, my laborers, and don't go to any other field. You stay right here. And at uh, uh, the lunchtime in early afternoon, he took out some extra uh, roasted barley and gave it to her. He told her to dip her food in, in uh, the, the weak wine that they had and uh, went on about his business. Well, by the end of the day, she had a tremendous amount of uh, barley that she had uh, been able to glean because everybody had been helping her. She goes home and Naomi says, where did you work? And she talks about this nice man that helped her out. And when she gets done telling her tale where she was working and who the man was, she said, and his name was Boaz. Naomi says, aha, 
He is one of our kinsman redeemers. Now, a kinsman redeemer is not an everyday English word. Uh, it's uh, basically a family guardian. In those days, a kinsman redeemer was Israel's equivalent to Social Security, insurance, Medicare, police force, lawyer, and even marriage material in case of death. The kinsman redeemer was some family member that was a guardian for the family to take care of them no matter what happened. And Boaz happened to be one of the kinsman redeemers. So Naomi tells Ruth, well, you, you do what he says and you stay in his field until the barley harvest is done. And so day after day, she goes out and she works in the field bring home lots of food for the future. One day, Naomi gets up and she says, uh, Ruth, I want you to uh, clean up, put on your best robes, put on some perfume, and tonight uh, it's the end of the barley harvest and uh, Boaz will go out to the field and they'll do some winnowing and... Uh, get the grain together, and it'll be a party time out there. I want you to go out, and when he's finished eating and when he goes to sleep out in the field, I want you to go uh, at the foot of where he's sleeping, and I want you to uncover his feet. Now, that's not a good way to sleep with feet uncovered. One doesn't stay asleep very long. So Ruth says, everything that you've said, I will do. And that night, Boaz uh, makes merry after uh, all the work of the day. And he eats and drinks and goes out to uh, one of the sides uh, close to the barley and uh, goes to sleep. And in comes Ruth and uh, lies down right at his feet. And she uncovers his feet. And she lies there until he wakes up in the middle of the night. He's startled. There's some woman back there. And so he says, who are you? And she says, I'm Ruth. And then she says something Naomi hadn't mentioned. She says, uh, just put the corner of your garment over me, for you are my kinsman redeemer. Now, that was a marriage proposal in that, in that country. And... Uh, Boaz gets really excited. And he says, blessed by the Lord are you, uh, for you've not uh, sought out young men, either rich or poor, but you've sought your kinsman redeemer. And he says, but there's one kinsman redeemer, there's one guardian of the family that's closer relative than I am. So you stay here tonight, and in the morning, you go back home, and I'll go down to the town and I'll make sure that if he's not willing to marry you, I will marry you. So she goes home. Naomi says, don't worry about a thing. He will work things out today. Sure enough. Uh, he goes into town. And when he sees this uh, other relative that, that comes up, he says, uh, come over here to the gate and sit down a while. So the man sits down, he calls 10 elders, and he says, uh, sit down with us. 
And then he says, uh, Naomi is selling Elimelech's property. Uh, and you are uh, a guardian of the family. Uh, buy it if you want to buy it, or tell me if you don't want to buy it. And the man says, I'll buy it. Like property, you know. And then he says, and when you buy the property, you will have to marry Ruth to raise up uh, Ken for the, the dead uh, family member, her husband. And uh, the kinsman redeemer says, oh, uh, that, would wreck my, uh, that would wreck my inheritance. Uh, I, I can't buy it. I can't do that. So Boaz says, you are witnesses. I am buying Elimelech's property from Naomi, and I'm uh, uh, taking Ruth as my wife. So they get married, and uh, Ruth very soon uh, becomes with child, and she gives birth to a boy, and they name him Obed. And that's where I want to go now in uh, Ruth chapter 4. Uh, verses 14 and 15. Then the women said to Naomi, Blessed be the Lord who has not left you this day without a redeemer, and may his name be renowned in Israel. He shall be to you a restorer of life and a nourisher of your old age. For your daughter-in-law who loves you is more to you than seven sons, and she has given birth to him. Now, I want, to, I want to go back at the beginning. In this culture, names meant something. They either meant something that the person had done or was, or something that the person believed. For instance, Elimelech's name means God is my king. Uh, Naomi's main name means uh, delightful or Pleasant, pleasantness. Uh, my delight would be a good translation for Naomi in uh, Hebrew language. And when she came back the first day that she got to Bethlehem and the women came out and Naomi's come home, she said, don't you call me Naomi, call me Mara, which means bitterness, for the Lord's hand has been heavy on me. She's prayed for help and her husband has died. She's prayed for help, and her two sons have died. She wanted her name to be bitter. But now the story ends with a wonderful blessing from the Lord. Ruth, who is better than seven sons, has given birth to a little baby boy, Obed, and he is Naomi's kinsman redeemer. Now, everybody knows that Boaz is a kinsman redeemer. That's very clear through the whole story. But when you get to chapter 4 and verses 14 and 15, Obed, this little baby boy, turns out to be Naomi's redeemer. He is going to take care of her in her old age. Now, the book is named Ruth, but who do you think is the main character in the story? 
It's God. God is the main character in this story because he's the one that is guiding all circumstances. We Christians call that providence. God is the one behind everything. God is the one who rewards people that are faithful, that are kinsmen redeemers and take care of their family. God is the one who answers prayer. And here it's important for us to realize that God is not in a hurry. Naomi expected an answer very fast, and therefore she wanted to change her name to bitterness. But God did answer her prayer. He gave her everything that she ever desired by the end of the story. And the kinsman redeemer that took care of Naomi, it turns out, as we finish the book of Ruth, is the grandfather of David, who God used to save the whole nation of Israel. Naomi's kinsman redeemer is the grandfather of David, the kinsman redeemer, the redeemer for the whole nation of Israel. And David is the great, great, great grandfather of Jesus, who is the redeemer of you and all Christians all over the world. Think of this little story of Ruth that tells us how God works in the world and what he is able to accomplish from someone's prayer and someone's faithfulness. There's a, a Hebrew word that is very difficult to put into English. It comes up three times in the book of Ruth. It's uh, called chesed, and it means something like uh, covenant loyalty or devotion. The old King James Bible called it loving kindness. It's uh, covenant loyalty, uh, the sense of being faithful, giving your whole commitment to the, the person that you are committed to, that, that either a family member or a person that you've married or someone that you've made a promise to, this covenant loyalty uh, goes beyond uh, duty. And when we read the story, we notice that Orpah, the other uh, daughter-in-law, she obeyed her mother-in-law and went back to her people. She, she did her duty. And um, the unnamed kinsman redeemer that was closer than Boaz, he did not do anything wrong. He was dutiful. But Boaz had chesed. He had loving kindness. He had commitment that went beyond his responsibilities. That's real love. That's real commitment. That's what David had for his country. That's what Jesus had for you and me. Covenant loyalty. And we've seen that God is a kinsman redeemer. God has made promises to his people. And he's made promises to anyone who will accept Jesus as their personal Savior and Redeemer. God has chesed. He has loving kindness. 
He has commitment. He is devoted to his promises. And he's made them to you who love Jesus. God is our kinsman redeemer. The Bible deals with purpose, and God has a purpose for his people. Now, we are in a culture that's committed to uh, science, and science is committed to cause and effect. You can do all kinds of things if you study cause and effect. You can put someone on the moon, as we've been celebrating these last few days. You can do all kinds of things with engineering, uh, by studying cause and effect and how, the, how nature works. But the Bible is interested in purpose. In the very first chapter, when God sees what he's made and he saw that it was good, the question is, good for what? Good for the purpose God made it for. God has a purpose for everything. And God has a purpose for you. And you don't know how far that purpose goes into the future. What Naomi, Ruth, and Boaz did in a little community, a little farming town called Bethlehem, has had an impact over the whole world. You don't know what God's purpose is for your personal life. And you won't know until heaven. And praise the Lord for that. Praise the Lord who is our kinsman redeemer, totally committed to us and to our good. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, how thankful we are for the book of Ruth that shows us how God works in the world and shows us what covenant loyalty is really like. We pray now that you will give us that kind of commitment and devotion. Love that goes beyond just duty. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.